Shalom, and welcome to the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations weekly Torah commentary series. I'm Daniel Nassim from Congregation Kehilat Sion in Vancouver, British Columbia. This week we're discussing Parshat Ve'et Hanan. Our text begins in Deuteronomy, or Devarim, chapter 3, verse 23. One of the remarkable characteristics of Devarim is that it provides both a retrospective and a prospective view. Speaking to a new generation that did not experience slavery in Egypt, Devarim looks back at what God has done and looks forward to what he will do. For Moses, at this late point in his life, there is no discontinuity between the past and the future. He has lived the past. This people whom he is teaching now may not remember it, but to him they are the same people he has been leading for 40 years, even though their parents have all died in the intervening years. It is an almost irresistible tendency for us to think that we are not like previous generations, to think that we can start out afresh without addressing the past. Perhaps that is a good thing, and Moses makes it clear that we are not bound to repeat the mistakes of those who have gone before us. But we do have choices to make. Moses himself wanted to undo the mistakes of his past. He himself recorded his humiliating failure when he struck the rock that God had told him to only speak to so that God would be magnified before all the people. God told him in Bamidbar, that's Numbers chapter 20 verse 12, because you did not trust in me, so as to cause me to be regarded as holy by the people of Israel, you will not bring this community into the land I have given them. Understandably, Moses was distressed. If only he could undo the past. So, in Dvarim 3 verse 25, he asked to cross over and see the land, but God denied him, as he did in our previous parsha. Rav Lecha, God said, which probably means too much, or let it suffice to you. As Rashi says, if you keep praying like this, you'll make yourself appear obstinate and make your master appear too harsh. Moses had to accept a decree. He wouldn't get to cross over and see what the other side was like. Sometimes we would like a preview too. When we're young, we might want to know what God wants us to do with our lives. What career to choose? Who to marry? Where to go to school? When we get older, we might wonder what is on the other side of the river that all must cross someday. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Our great teacher tells us, do not worry about tomorrow. Matthew 6 verse 34. This was a lesson Moses had to accept. God did tell Moses to do, after promising him the opportunity to see the promised land from a great distance, was to prepare the next generation. He was to take Joshua and command him, encourage him, and strengthen. Like Moses, we have enough to know and enough to do today. Not knowing the future doesn't mean that we don't prepare younger generations to face it. God wanted Moses to face the future. We might extrapolate from that that he expects us to face the the future too. Our parsha teaches that facing the future requires two things. Remembering the past and listening to, obeying our God. Remembering the past has become a trait of our people. In a recent interview, Prime Minister Netanyahu emphasized the importance of reading good histories above, not to the exclusion of, but above any other kind of reading. Through Moses, the nation was told, be careful and watch yourselves diligently as long as you live so that you won't forget what you saw with your own eyes so that these things won't vanish from your hearts. Devarim chapter 4 verse 9. Today we're facing a future full of fears. What will happen to Israel now that the judiciary's power is being constricted? Will Israel become a dictatorship? What will happen to us now that artificial intelligence has made its big debut? Are we headed for a dystopian future? The Israelites too had their fears to face. Will the Canaanites destroy us? How can we face their walled cities? Will we end up living in this desert forever? 
ever. The solution to all these fears and the many others that we face in our lives is to remember the past. In Devarim 4 verse 3, Moshe tells them not only to remember but to identify with the past to a generation that had never been to Baal Peor. Moses says, you saw with your own eyes what Adonai did at Baal Peor. A few verses later in chapter 4 verse 10, Moses makes it clear that this generation, the one that could claim that the Torah was simply given to the previous generation, had themselves approached and stood at the foot of the mountain. It was this new generation that Adonai had spoken to out of the fire some 40 years before. It was this generation to whom Adonai had proclaimed his covenant. Chapter 4 verse 13, he proclaimed his covenant to you when he ordered you to obey the ten words, and he wrote them on two stone tablets. For Israel, remembering the past was not to be mere memory. It was participation in the past, just as at the Passover Seder each one is to identify with the Exodus as if we had personally been delivered from Egypt. Facing the future required a second thing, hearing the Lord. Variations of the word listen from the word Shema occur numerous times in Parshat Va'et Hanan. In chapter 4 and verse 1, Moshe tells Israel to hear God's laws and judgments. In chapter 5, verse 1, he again tells them, hear, O Israel, the laws and the judgments, and emphatically adds, Adonai did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, with us, who are all of us here alive today. Adonai spoke with you face to face from the fire on the mountain. Hearing is now bound up with remembering. The two cannot be separated. It is this command to hear in Devarim 5 verse 1 that prefaces the Ten Commandments. In the Ten Commandments of Deuteronomy, just as in the Ten Commandments of Exodus, the commands been with the recognition of who God is, a memory, as if you will. The first command begins, I am Adonai your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt where you lived as slaves. Here the very core of the Torah, the Ten Commandments, is directly connected with the past, the redemption from Egypt. To face the future, Israel is required to remember what God has done for them in the past and even more so to view themselves as personally having been brought out of the land of Egypt. Having twice told Israel to hear, Moses again tells them, and maybe us, and I think we should now say us after learning the lessons about identifying with our people and our common history of redemption. Moses tells us, Veshamata, Veshamata means, and you shall hear. Once again, this hearing is connected to the past, to the promise of Adonai, the God of our ancestors, to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. So it is that we are brought to the Shema in Devarim chapter 6 and verse 4. Hear, O Israel, Hashem our God, Hashem is one. And here is the plot twist. All of a sudden, after this declaration in the strongest possible terms, we are commanded to love our God. You shall love Adonai your God with all your heart, all your being, and all your resources, as David Stern of Blessed Memory translated it. Perhaps because we pray this up to three times a day, we forget how revolutionary this command is. So far in the Torah, love for God has only been mentioned twice, and not as a command, but as a sort of promise or prerequisite connected to the second of the Ten Commandments. There, God lavishly bestows chesed, or unmerited and kind love, toward those who love him. When we love God, even love him with all of our heart, being, and resources, God's promise 
promise is that he pours out his chesed to the thousandth generation. We remember, we hear God's commands. Responding to his love, we can have assurance that just as he has always loved us, so he will to the thousandth generation. Rashi summarized the Shema and its future ramifications for not just Israel, but all people by quoting Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9. For then I will turn to the peoples a pure language, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord. And again from Zechariah 14 and verse 9, In that day the Lord shall be one, and his name one. Even so come, Lord Yeshua. This is da Dr. Daniel Nassim signing off and wishing you Shabbat Shalom. All biblical citations are from the Complete Jewish Bible. For more commentaries like this one, visit umjc.org forward slash commentaries.